Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Going live. <laughs> oh, wait. Now I think we actually are live. So here it is, April the 3rd, 2019. How's things going with you, man? Good, brother. Uh, you know, still on the grind. Uh, lots of stuff this week, though. Oh, yeah? What do you have to report? Well, I mean, you already talked about... As I mean, we... oh, how's things going on. with you, man? Woo! Oh, yeah. Now, let's, let's try to, like, make sure that the highly technical nature of the things doesn't get in the way of the other things. But in the, uh, in the legalization news, were you going to make a reference to the Safe Banking Act? State's Banking Act uh, and the PGA thing, but I figure the Banking Act would be more your your. Uh, yeah, it's my it's more my ballywick. That's right. I'm not really sure what a ballywick is, but uh, it is something that's more in my wheelhouse. And another yeah. thing, which I'm not sure of, I realize that these are colloquialisms that mean that you know something about it. But yeah, the Safe Banking Act, also sometimes confused with the States Act, uh, and I I do get confused with the States Act myself uh, when I'm talking too quickly. But the Safe Banking Act, I just did a, a YouTube on it. It's getting a lot of views. It's pretty cool because it, it does allow for the effective uh, legalization. But you can't even use the term legalization. I mean, like it creates this um, this this legislative framework where it's still on the books, but it's not enforced and it's not on the books. It's like I guess it would be zombie legalization is what we'll call stuff like the the, the safe, uh, safe Banking Act. So, that, anyway. I mean, that just pretty much means that, I mean, once it really comes to effect, that people don't have to be so fearful, banks rather, when it comes to, like, the money? That's right. Uh, the banks would actually then be able to start opening up lending uh, because it makes direction at the federal banking regulators with uh, the FDIC insurance. And, of course, FDIC is the Federal uh, Depository Insurance Corporation. And so those regulators uh, have not really budged in the face of Treasury's FinCEN guidance that said it is okay to start lending to these types of businesses. And they, the Safe Banking Act's other really cool thing that it does is it creates a new term, CRLBs, cannabis-related uh, legitimate businesses. Yeah, cannabis-related legitimate businesses, CRLBs, which is a, an interesting uh, term of art that has then also been echoed in Illinois. So kind of look at that for the evolving cannabis legalization news. 
in each state after like a, a safe banking act is passed watch for that state to adopt a substantially similar type of law as well that will then uh, allow that state because a lot of banks aren't not na uh, national banks na national right. banking association most banks are state banks and so there's a lot of illinois state banks i'm sure there's some washington state banks and those state banks have a different type of regulation than the national banks, but because they're FDIC, they still have to get federal regulation. And so uh, I've seen Illinois introduce the, we'll call it the Safe Banking, uh, Illinois Safe Banking Act, for lack of a better term. That's not what it's literally called if you read the Senate bill or the House bill in Illinois, but man, this is as exciting as uh, banking legislation gets. But I don't like how, even if that passes, so in jurisdictions where it is state legal, it will still be, you know, federally okay, implicitly okay, but it's marijuana is still in the Controlled Substances Act. Yeah. It's not removed from it. And so that's why I call it kind of like more of a zombie legalization where effectively, yeah, sure, uh, it's legalized, but um, that's only legalized because it's, you know, it's not being enforced. That's it. Yeah, I mean, and then, so that's just banking. But what about like, say, we're taxes? Like when I do my taxes on like the 1040A, one of the questions is, have you been convicted of a, of a drug conviction? Mm -hmm. and, and one of those would be marijuana. Like if I got arrested for pot and had to put it, it would hurt me for uh, a student loan uh, grants and whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. What do you think will cause that to get, go away? So people, it, does it have to be another act? Yeah, that's more your Marijuana Justice Act. Now, again, it comes down to what's the difference between your state law and what's the difference between your federal law. But the Marijuana Justice Act, uh, that one actually called for taking it out of the Controlled Substances Act and then doing that criminal justice reform that helped, uh, you know, the auto expungement and those those people that have been incarcerated, at least on the federal level. And again, I mean, if you this problem that is keeping you from getting a student loan and stuff. Was that a federal conviction or is that could just be a state conviction? Uh, I believe it's federal. I mean, it's just, it's nothing personally that I had to deal with. That's just a question that pisses me off every time I see it, you know, uh, yeah. just knowing that it inhibits potential engineers, you know, doctors, whatever the fuck it is, you know, it inhibits uh, the people. Yeah, it, it really can. And that, that really sucks. But at the same time uh, that the state, the safe banking act didn't address that particular issue. So it being passed wouldn't change that. Um, and that, that kind of stinks. But uh, again, the really big news of, that came out this week, some of the biggest, at least on the federal level, uh, that's happened in, ever is that the Safe Banking Act made it out of a congressional committee. And now there's going to be some floor action. Floor action. That's, that just sounds much worse than it actually is. Okay, so it's not... So now it's out of the committee, which is always a stopping point for a lot of these bills. And then it's going to get debated. Unless anybody has any input, it's going to go on to the next level. Well, there, there will be floor action. And the floor action is going to be, you know, maybe them reading the bill, maybe them proposing amendments to the bill. And then eventually they, that floor action is supposed to end in them getting a vote. And so the, the bill has to be passed through both houses and it has to be reconciled. So there'll be some more committee action. It doesn't necessarily mean that this vote is going to be done. Uh, for example, one of the things that we can pivot to and turn to other in, in the cannabis legalization news of the week was the FDA setting its CBD public hearing. Do you know how far out they set that? No. What was the date for it? May the 31st. It was supposed to happen this month. 
this month there was supposed to be a hearing as to the uh, how the FDA is going to treat CBD. But instead, it'll be on the last day of May. So, you know. Well, and then Walgreens said fuck you to that. Oh, oh. Uh, Walgreens and CVS are both going to be selling CBD products, but from the uh, press releases that I and uh, the news articles that I've read, uh, it appears that they will not be selling uh, ingestible CBD products. They'll just be selling like, you know, your your topical ointments and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, you know, I think the topical route, it is something beneficial to a lot of people. You know, the, the ointments, the, the creams, all that shit. It's just another way to ingest it. I've heard, um, I've heard, I've heard people say it. I've never used the topicals. I've used uh, the stuff that you eat. I have nothing bad to say about CBD gummies, for example, except for you know they're not vegan. They have gelatin in them, but that's that's really a nitpicking problem, isn't it? <laughs> first world issues. But uh, completely first world issues. Oh, are, I'm sorry. Are these CBD gummies vegan? Are they gluten free? Oh, <laughs> you know the thing is though uh, with the CBD. Uh, with the topicals, you know, regardless, um, it always comes down to the components, right? Like if you have a good lotion that has uh, the base oil and all that crap, you know, these are other components of a lotion that are important to how you feel. It's going to all react to you. Um, right. Are you able to see the comments yet on the YouTube? No, man. Um, this so, uh, The way that I do this YouTube, I like I'm in a control room atmosphere or something like I have to use. They're, they're trying to get you to go to YouTube studio beta. And so I'm not, I'm actually just in a YouTube studio. And then you use this through the hangout to be able to do um, more of like a podcast style thing. So like we're having a, uh, you know, you're over there in Seattle. I'm here in Peoria, Illinois, watching a Grateful Dead show from 1984. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we got two, two comments right now. John Maddox asks, if you have any thoughts on uh, Colorado's HB 19 1230? Top of the top of the head, I, I would just have to like first Google that bill. That's the thing with it is that I don't have every cannabis bill that's been introduced in every one of the states memorized. Like, oh, HB seventeen twenty one. Yeah, no problem. Uh, no, one day I will. And it says, uh, if approval is received by both state and local licensing authorities, the bill authorizes legal cannabis hospitality spaces in which legal cannabis may consume consumed on the spot and retail cannabis hospitality. That's pretty awesome, I think. I think it's fantastic. I mean, can you imagine if there wasn't such a thing as a as a tavern or a, as a bar? I mean, think how even in Utah with the Mormons, like you could join the supper club and you get the card and then you can go actually and drink at a bar as opposed to uh, just buying it and taking it home. I Of course, I support that. Yeah. And I don't know what your medical is like there, but in Washington, when it was medical, we had, and this is my biggest contingency about. The way our regulation happens here now, it's it's, it's a it's a bastardization of legalization, um, <clears throat> but it, it just created the infrastructure. It's all it did. Uh, but back in the day when we had medical from '98 to 2012, there were consumption spaces, there were lounges. I would on the way home after work, I would pay three dollars, do a dab, have a minute, and then go home. Uh, you know, and that's no different than going to the bar and grabbing a goddamn drink, and and you know. But, you know, actually, there's there's a little different um, uh, because when you inhale cannabis, I mean, it'd be one thing if the uh, bar had edibles because of the duration that edibles stay in your system versus if it was only inhalables at the um, at the lounge area that they talk at. And then that's kind of like a cool name for 
what are we going to call these? We shouldn't call them bars. You know, should we call them lounges? Should we make up our own name for what you call a public sp a space where you smoke weed? Sure. No, well, like we'll call them chiefdoms. But uh, because <laughs> of the way that uh, because of the way that uh, cannabis, when you inhale it and then how it affects you, its half life is really, really short. It's not like cocaine short, but it's substantially shorter than edibles and it's substantially shorter than alcohol, and it's also not going to shut down your central nervous system. Uh, but, uh, you know, what is it? It's like 25, 45 minutes. So, you mean you could, you said you uh, did a, a dab and then you hung out for three, five minutes and then you were good enough to get going, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a total, um, you know, when I had that experience, because uh, you saw when legalization was coming for recreational use, you kind of saw all the good medical stuff was going to go away all the benefits to the consumer, all the things to the citizen, the things that I really appreciated on a, uh, on a normal Joe basis, you know? Uh, so it was always a dichotomy where I do a dab and then there's a bar like down a block, you know, and the bar is full and there's already people fucking throwing up and, you know, and I've already done my day of work. So, you know, in our society, it's just like that. No matter what mm -hmm. fucking city you, you go to, there's going to be a bar that's open uh, probably about noon and the drunks are already there, you know? It, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, there are bars that open suspiciously early and the drunks are already there. And so, you know, are you going to get those types of people hanging out? You can have reasonable restrictions as to when these uh, smoking lounges, uh, let's not call them smoking lounges, chiefdoms, chiefdoms can be open. But, you know, even with the, the, the chieftain, I like, so we call right now, you know, uh, for like uh, legalization purposes, uh, paperwork wise, you know, it's a consumption lounge, a consumption space, a safe space is what, you know, we're also the city right now that are thinking about creating heroin safe spaces. So, oh, <laughs> why can't I have a cannabis safe space, you know? Well, seriously, just, that's right. I mean, like, why can't you have a? Well, maybe the reason why any space that you do cannabis is a cannabis safe space. You know, it's different than when you're doing heroin, which you might pass out from and then die. Well, and then it's a, it's a funny thing, too, because I've been, you know, we've been doing this whole activism thing for a long time. I mean, I got your book uh, when I used to live in Tucson, probably about 2010. Yeah, so nine years, you know, and, and I've been writing for about 10, 11. So, uh, I'm trying to get before I was kind of got derailed here. <laughs> that, that will happen. Are you in a cannabis safe space? Not yet, but <laughs> but I mean, my point being is, uh, um, you know, alcohol is free out there. As far as like you know, especially like LA, there's a liquor store in every corner. Uh, you know, what is the issue against cannabis uh, consumption when it comes to well, just like with the goddamn PGA. And, and yeah, the PGA. And then the PGA went straight past cannabis consumption. And I've seen this. Some of One of my uh, leads fired off from one of my websites for cannabis over the week. And it was somebody claimed that they got in trouble for pissing hot on a drug test for cannabis because they had CBD gummies. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't sound right at all. Uh, it's a different metabolite. It's a different chemical. Is, is CBD and THC... Are they metabolized in your body the, so that they create the exact same metabolite that's being tested for in your urine tests? That's a great question. Uh, but that's not the only time I've ever heard of someone failing uh, a test for supposedly just CBD consumption. 
um, here in Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's very speculative. Uh, like you said, uh, does your body process it? Like when you uh, heat uh, uh, THC and it turns to Delta 9, when you consume, right. does, it, does, it, does it break it down to a different component? I don't know. But um, the biggest thing is, uh, and I, I don't think it does, but, but in the end, uh, why are we being prosecuted? Why is the PGA putting a ban on people making them feel better? Well, they are the PGA isn't even putting a ban on people making them feel better. What it is is it's saying there's going to be like no sympathy for golfers that are using CBD edibles to help treat, like you know, as a, a, in lieu of using um, Advil or something like that for pain medication. And if they test positive because they had a CBD edible, but that still doesn't answer the question. And I think the question is answered in the negative. I don't believe that CBD's metabolites will cause you to fail uh, a drug test for a THC metabolite. But that, again, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a molecular chem, well, not a molecular, I'm not an organic chemist. And I can't tell you uh, what the metabolite is that the uh, piss test for marijuana is using or is, is looking for to detect. And then I can't tell you where in the metabolization chain from THC into whatever the heck they're testing for. If you do CBD, it will also find that one out. But uh, if well, that becomes a huge defense to uh, throwing out, because that's one of the issues with legalization, is how do we have an effective test? Well, with the, with the hemp, too, because now we're, we're getting to the whole, like, all I grow is hemp, and it's all going to be under that 0.3%, 0.03, or, or whatever it is. Um, hemp does evolve, and it can turn yeah. pot. So are they, you know, it could be a bad batch, supposed bad batch. I would think it's a good batch, in my opinion, but a bad batch. That well, that's, that's true, but then yeah, exactly, because there are a lot of the THC uh, balanced strains like Argyle or, um, you know, Pink Lemonade or the ones that are more of a one-to-one -one, uh, basis where, you, let's say you were trying to grow, it, it would still be considered, and it's not cannabis, it's considered marijuana or it's considered industrial hemp. And if the THC is really the light switch on that, it has nothing to do with the amount of CBD. But uh, yeah, that 0.3% THC, uh, if you get, and I, you know, when I'm counseling, uh, people are talking to people about uh, getting into growing, uh, you know, perfectly legal industrial hemp for its CBD uh, purposes, you know, you have to be like, all right, we'll get some good seed, but don't be too greedy. Because if you try to like really amp up that CBD level beyond like, you know, 12 up into like 15, 18% getting up in there, it can also bring up this, the THC percentage as well. And then you are going to have a field full of biomass. It's not gonna be usable for uh, your CBD hemp. Uh, hopefully you'll have crop insurance on it, but the crop insurance is gonna take a little bit because it's the federal government and these things take time. But sure, that's, sure. that's a good, that's a, let's, let's do some homework for next week and we will report as to what metabolite uh, the P tests are testing for. Uh, if that metabolite can come from THC and CBD, because I'm getting this question. And then I'm getting another question from Facebook. And it's similar. You know, some people are trying to say they want to lower the THC in cannabis. And how do you stop it? And like, well, you can't lower the THC in cannabis. I mean, that's what, what are you familiar with? Like moon rocks? Yeah. Yeah. Those, you ever uh, tried the moon rocks? Oh, my God. It's such good stuff. And, and, oh, I know what my point was earlier was that we've been doing this for a long time. And, uh, uh, and this is going to be along the Moon Rock uh, Avenue. Uh, that 
you know, eventually I got to the point where I've been going to a lot of these events. You know, lucky me, um, just from a voyeuristic standpoint, as a uh, uh, person that just likes to blog and write about the legalization in America, uh, I go to a lot of events and I smoke. Wait, 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 with you. Oh my God, dude. You, <laughs> We're so, going to live feed from there. That's going to be one of them because, like, in theory, we could do this with a single iPhone and a uh, very small tripod. Not a lot different from this tripod, where um, you know you'd just be set up and then you'd be talking, uh, and you could have like a booth, and, and there would be a lot of background noise. You might need to set up with um, some of these. These things are just Bluetooth headphones, and you see them all over YouTube now because it has to do with the mic. And so, yeah. uh, if somebody walked in, if somebody from my office walked in right now, they're like, "What are you doing? Uh, why are you talking to yourself?" First off, I'm not. I'm talking to this guy over in Washington and the people that are watching me live on these social media channels. And second, it's uh, it's all going through the Bluetooth. But um, yeah, man, uh, where where else have you gone? Because I'm gonna I'm looking forward to going to Denver and for to Las Vegas um, this coming fall. And then because Illinois' first year is just coming around right now. And I just, I mean, my, my hemp bot fired off before we went live here with another uh, person that wants to grow and or uh, process in the state of Illinois. And we're, we're early. The state's still not open for business, man. It's going to be great. Yeah, no. Uh, so like in, in, in Northwest, um, there's just a lot of mini events, too. Back when it was medical, there was a lot of uh, we had markets, cannabis markets where people could go and sample products on the spot. Um, you smoke a little bit here, smoke a little bit there. Um, you know, I've smoked enough that it would, uh, put a lot of people under for a while. Hell, I've been under for a while where you just so dabbed out. You're like, I got to sit down for a minute. Cause it's not, you know, nothing's happening for about the next 10 minutes. But my point being is if I was a, uh, alcohol activist and I was going to Oktoberfest and if I consumed as much alcohol, oh, that's hilarious. Cannabis, I would be dead by now. <laughs> Mr. Santiago, you have cirrhosis. What? How I have just been advocating for for alcohol legalization for the past twenty years and getting bombed every day at the uh, uh, at the barrel march. I guess that's what they would have, right? You know, roll out the barrel. It would all be uh, the polka bands would be unemployed yeah. if, if there wasn't anywhere to drink beer. But yeah, man, that is kind of funny. That uh, and that's one of the reasons why whenever I uh, I, I have nobody nobody really brings up the long term consequences like uh, 20 years ago back when it was uh, easier to suppress the truth they would bring up long term consequences of the use and you know now I, I just kind of like so well how how's uh, Willie Nelson doing you right no I was having shock I'm still trying to overdose <laughs> I'm not trying I, I'm just <laughs> fine I'm just fine <laughs> uh, the uh, engineering cannabis ask. Uh, are we going to see research on the different constituents of cannabis, such as CBN, CBG, THCV? Do you know of any studies going on? Uh, what you're going to see, at least to begin, because of the farm bill, you're going to see that continued cleavage between what is uh, technically, as a term of art, marijuana, again, 0.3 THC or north, and then uh, 0.3 THC or south. So because you have all these cannabinoids that are in there and then uh, there's a lot of overlap, I'm not sure if there are any other cannabinoids that are solely in what's recognized uh, under federal law as marijuana that aren't in uh, the, the, uh, the, the other plant, the hemp plant. You know, so I'm not sure if, if we had a map of all the, the cannabinoids, how many of them gravitate solely towards uh, marijuana. 
But uh, if those cannabinoids can be studied now uh, being derived from lawful hemp, then uh, you could start seeing studies and studies for the benefit. Of course, the thing about studies and research money is it usually follows a profit margin, which just kind of how it goes. I mean, otherwise, there'd probably be a lot more you know, studies into like why broccoli is good for you. It's just that broccoli doesn't have a very good lobby. Meanwhile, the, the you know, butter lobby is, is way more federally funded. Well, like you said, testing, lab testing, you know, I just watched a, uh, I don't know if you watch a lot of YouTube channels, but Phil DeFranco is one that I watch and did a big thing on uh, Big Pharma, uh, Hepatitis C, and how the uh, the cure was made, actually was created and found, but the company was charging $84,000 per year for one supply because- well, Yeah, but how, how, come on, isn't it priceless to be cured of your Hepatitis C? Wouldn't that be <laughs> priceless? <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm not saying it's nice, but you got Hep C. I didn't like. It would be one thing if the pharmaceutical companies gave you the Hep C and then tra charged you eighty-four thousand dollars to get better. Kind of like how uh, if uh, the cattle farmers uh, started buying the hospitals, and you know the dairy farmers and the cheese producers started buying the hospitals, or the people that are giving us like the heart attacks. Uh, they, they start buying the hospitals. It's like, look, guys, we're making money as we feed them the burgers. And then they go over there and they get the stent and then we're making money. With, but, you know, that's that's just me yeah, being not, extremely skeptical. Yeah, I'm not too mad about the pricing. I just, you know, along with studies, like unless there's some uh, profit to be made, like with GW Pharmaceuticals England, they have right. the lockdown in cannabis. Like, matter of fact, they probably that's are. Right. The, huh? Uh, they have not just Sativax, which is for uh, marijuana because it has a THC. They also have one for, uh, you know, it, its name escapes me right now, but they have the one for CBD too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they have the fucking market, which means they have the lobbyist or however uh, the process works in England, I believe. You know, they, they have control. That's why it's not going to be legal for a little while longer until people understand their uh, step up for the process. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be how it is. But uh, as as it becomes more lawful and as good stories about it as an alternative to a lot of more harmful things uh, and then that those harmful things are starting to be all across the board when you use the entire spectrum of the cannabis plant, both the, the cannabidiol and also the tetrahydrocannabinoid. Uh, so the THC and the CBD, because then you're, you're talking about people that are getting off of it for anxiety all the way through getting off of it for pain uh, or uh, using it as an alternative to more harmful addictions. And for example, alcohol, that's one of the cannabis legalization news that I saw going around. And you'll see this more and more as the uh, more data comes online in the next five, 10 years, uh, people in states where it's lawful to smoke cannabis, uh, um, they have a tendency to decrease the amount that they'll binge drink. Well, we also have uh, uh, an article of Weed News that Johnny put out the other day um, that says medical marijuana access linked to greater employment among other adults per study. So, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to a regulated or not even a regulated, but to allowing this market to be around. Um, engineering cannabis also asked another question. Is the testing of hemp beyond the plant or the oil after extraction? Because you can still, you can distill hemp plant to reach 0.03 percent mark. Yeah, so there there is yeah. something like during the 
that the testing will happen, and it, 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 at least in the state of Illinois, and I would imagine in other other states as well, it happens right around the time of harvest. And so, if you're trying to grow your hemp for CBD purposes and maximize your harvest, again, it's 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 a numbers game. You don't necessarily want to be too greedy. So you're going to like test it probably before you harvest it. You're going to know, and then you're going to go because then you're going to have to tell the state where it is when you're harvesting. And it's a horticultural crop. I mean, uh, is the state going to be there? The state might uh, be there because you, for at least in Illinois, you have to do a uh, a crop report uh, before you harvest, and then you have to do a year-end report that summarizes your harvest and says, you know, what seed and like what your yield was, and and all those things. And and uh, because of that, yeah, the state will be involved. Or at least monitoring uh, the uh, the harvest and the testing uh, there. So they're going to test the plants before they they harvest it because you're going to know if you come in hot. And uh, this is its inaugural year, and so what is the specific mechanism? I'm not sure. They've never done it. Sure. What do you think about so like back to the uh, the testing components of, uh, of of hemp and cannabis? Um, you know. We talk about CBD, we talk about CBN, CBGs, and all these other components right. that are cannabinoids, but we forget about the terpenes. You know, the, there's a whole profile to the plant itself that <clears> I try <throat> to like, tell people, I don't try and tell people, like, you want an indica or you want a sativa to serve you certain purposes, or mm -hmm. you want a blue dream because you have achy knees and you want to be wired more alert. You know, uh, I try and tell people you have to experiment with yourself because each plant's different, just like we are. And then you have to find the one that meets your needs. Right. Yeah. And that's that's a, a good point. And that's the other thing, like, you know, it I don't know the the cannabis plant well enough. And there's some guys that I need to talk to in the in the industry because they the cultivators and the they'll be clients over the time, uh, and then have one of them on or interview them about their understanding of the the plant itself. And uh, to the certain extent to answer that question. I mean, there's uh, been a couple of really interesting questions when it does come to the uh, intermingling between uh, that line of when you become, because you're always cannabis, but at one time you're industrial hemp, and at the next time you're, you're marijuana, and what the terpene profiles are going to be and what the cannabinoid profiles are going to be. Wait, you might be able to answer me this one. Are cannabinoids terpenes or are they different things? They're different. So, like, terpenes are, are found in other things like lavender the, mm -hmm. uh, or in uh, citrus, uh, limon. Terpenes are found in other uh, uh, agriculture products. Right. And well, cannabinoids are only cannabis. Yeah. And so there you go. Uh, that's that's going to be neat to find out over the course of the coming years. But when you think about, like, how large of a thing it's going to be, uh, there was a, and this is one of the links that I dropped into the uh, the description. There's something about taxing cannabis in tap, you know, it's this organization. And so they've studied to see how much revenue potential there is out there for cannabis. And it is in states where it's lawful to smoke uh, cannabis, both types, uh, it, the usage does go up, but only to about like 17 percent. So that 17%, though, I mean, if it, if you're looking at a state that just has, <clears throat> sorry, a state that just has um, uh, alcohol and not cannabis, 
you're looking at about like an average of seven to eight percent usage of, of cannabis and so roughly double uh what if that swing represents a substitute good phenomenon where once a new uh recreational substance comes online a person is more likely to at the pick that recreational substance in lieu of the alcohol so that's going to be an interesting uh aspect of it and check that one out i mean it, it one of the pieces that I should do and just dedicate more to creating an actual YouTube about because it's, it's kind of complex is how much tax revenue is reasonably expected when you legalize cannabis based on uh, using a similar uh, good alcohol as it's, you know, excise slash sin tax uh, potential. I mean, it's I was looking at the data. It looks like in Washington state it's quite similar, like alcohol is taxed fairly similarly to cannabis. Is that, do you understand how your tax structure in uh, Washington state works when it comes to cannabis? Yeah, so actually that changed uh, a couple of years ago, um, but the markup I believe is like 25% and it goes <clears> down <throat> to the grower side uh, and then <clears throat> it gets, you know, it gets taxed when it gets purchased in bulk and then it gets taxed by the guys who are processing it. And then by the time I get it, uh, I'm paying ten dollars for a gram, so all the way to the base, the the grower is selling his gram for two fifty. Hmm. So uh, there's, it, and so alcohol. Uh, what happened in uh, here in Washington? We had what passed called the Costco bill, because okay. there was that huge tax that was marked on there, and then um, Costco, and paid for this bill to come through because all the stores were Washington State run only. So okay. so now. Uh, I can buy alcohol on Safeway uh, uh, or any other regular store. And uh, it's a little, I think, actually, no, you're right. It's about 25% as well. It's a ridiculous amount. Hmm. What are we looking at? Oh, all right. We're looking at some of the data. Like I said, this is that INTEP site about the cannabis. And then so you can see uh, Vermont, Washington. So like Washington, though, is, you know, that's about 16%. And so they say that they're raising about 460 million a year. Does that sound about right? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a perfect. All right. Well, because here's Illinois, and Illinois, it, even though it's illicit, well, I guess maybe it's it's medical. That's maybe why. So Illinois is at like nine percent, and from that, they are estimating approximately 430 million dollars a year, which Illinois uses. But then you have to understand what happens because like Iowa, where they have had zero, no medical, no nothing is down here at approximately 7%, which is quite low. I mean, it's lower than Idaho for crying out loud. And Idaho is, is just as backward when it comes to cannabis as Iowa. So Illinois being at 9%, kind of surprised Indiana comes in at like a whole percent higher. What happens if that goes up to something that's closer to like a Maine or a California or a Colorado where it's like 17% because it's then lawful? That would, in theory, not quite double, but almost double the 439 million to make, you know, that's, I can kind of see uh, where J.D. Pritzker was getting some of those numbers that was calling for perhaps $700 million a year in uh, tax revenue for the state of Illinois from marijuana. So that's that's one of the reasons that I put this thing in the uh, in the description so you can link out to that and kind of geek out. But also, um, you know, I'm going to have to do an, an entire YouTube on that so you can kind of get it. I mean, they don't say that this is a panacea that it really makes a big difference, but it does make a difference. You know, it's not gonna change and, and fix everything, but it'll help is essentially what the conclusion of these guys is.
I think it helps when the money that's collected from that tax revenue actually goes to something productive for the uh, for the state. You know, uh, here in Washington, that 300 some odd million or 400 million. I was trying to look for an article that I just shared, but uh, I had to share so much shit. I couldn't find it. But um, there is so much shit. Do, but, but so like in Washington State, it's divided into like uh, 10 million for the Department of Health. And it's just for them to put out shitty fucking messages about how cannabis use is bad for you. Uh, so they another, do have 10 million just for propaganda. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, there's some retarded fucking regulations, but the money is. But what do they say? They always say there is no such thing as bad um, promotions or like bad marketing or bad publicity. So at least it's $10 million in publicity, but it's, it's bad publicity. It's just shitty, like uh, less teens are smoking and, and shit that no one really cares about. I mean, if, if they want to make the world better, I mean, oh, fund a fucking rec center. I don't know. There's so many other fucking things you could do. With oh, man. <laughs> what could $700 million do to the roads for Illinois in a year, for crying out loud? Because the roads in Illinois are basically just a pothole loosely associated with some asphalt. Or test all fucking rape kits. I don't know. You can fucking do something with fucking test all the rape kits. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, uh, they, they, they. Oh man, I, I tell you, there's a lot that that money could go for. And some states uh, that are expensive. I mean, Illinois is pretty darn hard up for cash, and so that there's a possible revenue source out there that's not going to be a billion dollars, but it's going to be more than half a uh, half a billion dollars. You know, and yep. from negative to positive. Plus, we are done because we haven't talked about the uh, actual jobs that will be created. And so they, they, they're predicting, according to this, this thing that I shared, that it would be like a net increase of approximately 25,000 jobs. So not only did you help in raising excise taxes for like half a million to maybe three quarters, uh, I'm sorry, half a billion to three quarters of a billion dollars in revenue, you've also added 25,000 jobs in a state that needs the jobs. You know, and those jobs, out of, say, 25,000, you know, the rest, of, you know, say 24,000 is going to be um, the actual industry itself. And a thousand of those are the motherfucking uh, regulators, you know. And that's what we got going on here in Washington is we have a whole fucking department trying to justify why they should exist. Hang on a second. We have those now. Maybe what we need to do is start retraining all the, uh, the, the drug enforcement officers to be uh, cannabis compliance officers. And then so like they would show up to do the testing and, and all that. So like if they're just worried, really worried about the job and then they don't have to like arrest nobody no more. Uh, I don't mind if they just uh, they trade in their badge for like, you know, a, a, what what do people for, you know, a little pot leaf, little pot leaf badge uh, before it used to have like the, the shield of justice. And now it has like a pot leaf on it. A little compliance worker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Crazy Silly Life, uh, he mentions that Max Montrose, Tricome Institute, knows all on terpenes. And I know Max. Uh, oh, let's Max. have him on. Let's see if he wants to come on the show. Because, I mean, like, in theory, I can put out, like, up to, like, uh, I'm, I have to apologize to the people on Facebook real qu quickly. Sorry, people on Facebook that only see my mug and nobody else's. Uh, subscribe to it on YouTube. There's the link. And then you'll be able to see everybody else, um, like, like, like you. But like we could, in, in theory, have more than one person. I think I'm allowed to join up to 10. Sure. Yeah, no, I'll have to holler. Well, he was on my old pro profile, the one that I had for 10 years and I got deleted. So uh, I'll have to uh, renew my uh, contacts with him. But yeah, no. Uh, you shouldn't have been such a rebel. Yeah. You got to stop trolling the cops. 
No, yeah, always stop trolling the cops. Just Officer Timpson, how are you? Yeah. But they deserve it. Causing your own fucking problems, man. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm my own worst enemy. Yeah. Uh, hold on a second. I'm trying to I'm actually now at work because people are asking me questions, so I had to reply. Oh, I I apologize. Hey, wait. There's one more thing that was on the agenda to talk about that we have not talked about yet, and it was on your agenda. There was something about like nonprofits or cannabis scams going around that you uh you have beef with. Yeah, so right now my newest article I'm working on is to support Seattle Hempfest, right? Because Seattle Hempfest is one of the uh to me it's one of the most important uh nonprofits. It's a it's a no shit nonprofit. Um this mile and a half long festival of people consuming cannabis wherever the fuck they want on that mile and a half with police walking past them. It's, it's kind of the most amazing and fucking it can show that we get along. So anyways, as I'm working on this article, um, one of the things that just chaps my fucking britches gets me all fucking all bent up is people hate on Seattle ham fest because they're like, Oh, it's too commercial now. It's, it's fucking, uh, it's, they sold out, right? It's some bullshit. But the biggest thing is this shit ain't free. Like all these people that are part of this fucking organization, uh, renting the park, the fines, the or the registrations, the uh, the volunteer hours, the uh, the vendors, all that shit costs money, and so that's a legit no shit good organization to support. Along those lines, I don't know if you remember or if you're aware of, but Normal had these other issues back in the day, right? Uh, people used to question funding the Normal and all this stuff. 100%, I support them now. They they've turned their shit around. They're badass but along the lower levels of shit that happens in the cannabis world you know being that we've been doing this activist thing for quite a while i've come across many people who do the fucking i have cancer type shit uh i'm ex-military type shit and they end up being scammers and that's just something i wanted to people bring up scam, man people scam that's the thing like i since i started this practice over here uh for the past like six months i have been scammed so many effing times just trying to get a, a law practice going. But you have to kind of like roll with it and be like, man, everybody is hacking everybody else and you just can't trust nobody out there. But yet, most people are good. Let me, uh, you know, keep <clears throat> keep the people entertained for just a minute. I want to show you something, which was an attempt at a scammer to get me. Yeah, sure. No, I got a bitch about this all the time. Uh, so right, like, do it. <laughs> well, and, and there's some actual examples I can point out. Um, and there'll be names. Uh, this is one guy that I... Uh, uh, I really supported him. This guy Casey Cole out of Ohio. What the fuck is that? Is that, that Nigeria? Hang on a second. Let me let me show you this. This is a uh, it's a check made out to like uh, the firm that I'm at for three hundred seventy five thousand dollars. That uh, that was the most sophisticated example of a scam that I've well. Uh, there, there's been more sophisticated ones now, but that's a fairly sophisticated example of a scam targeted at lawyers. Uh, where you have these people and they even like create like, a Bloomberg profile and they created a website uh, that's, you know, overseas saying that they're this Chinese supplier of pharmaceuticals, no Japanese supplier of pharmaceuticals. And they uh, would, they <laughs> went into Google Maps and they, they said like this abandoned building uh, in Peoria belonged to somebody else. I mean, so like they took some time to like really set up their hack. Yeah. Know, just so they, like, thinking that somebody's going to look into it. And then, um, you know, fortunately, there's a, a case law on this that is this has happened to other lawyers before. And it's it's ch classic check kite. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the check kite, 
uh, I take this $380,000 check and then I deposit it. And then they ask me to send them a portion of the money and then I deduct my legal fees. That's the scam. And so like how honest is the lawyer going to be deducting his legal fees when he knows this is a $400,000 check? It doesn't matter because you didn't cash check. It's bullshit check. Uh, yeah. Because what will happen is the check will be returned as not payable. And so that was a provisional credit that they credited your account for. It's not real. It has to clear. And so when they try to clear it, it won't clear. And then they'll reverse it. And he's hoping that you would have already sent him the money. And so yeah. then you get stuck. And then uh, you haven't read your, well, of course, that's the thing. Uh, I'm a bank lawyer. I've, I've seen this case. Like, you know, I've, I've read about them. I've studied them. I researched them. Uh, fortunately, I had that. If I was like a family law attorney, oh my gosh, who knows? Oh my, so that, that check though, was it for a uh, cannabis business or hemp-based business? Oh no, no, that was, uh, that was just any, uh, that was just going to be a business uh, client that said that they had a breach of contract claim for a fairly large settlement agreement. It was, it was, it was a scam, complete yeah. scam. I have no idea who was behind it. I don't think it was Russians. Maybe, maybe scamming Canadians. Uh, who, who could say, who could say? But, I just uh, think in this day and age, how, how people get scammed, at least with the uh, checks or via fucking phone scams, with like, hey, there's a virus on your computer, and we're here to fucking uh, help you, and you're like, right. I didn't call you, right? <laughs> you know? But they, they're freaking everywhere. They're just coming out through the woodwork. I mean, like scams, well, like no nobody's business. And so, like when you're saying that, you know, some people are are abusing um, Hempfest and and uh, part of the the industry. Well, you mean you can call it the industry, but this this whole thing before it was an industry as a movement, and yeah. so you know there's a lot of little there was very little money. Like most of the things like that I remember about the activists like ten years ago, nobody had any fucking money. Nobody, everybody was poor, and uh, you're like, wow, no wonder they can't get anywhere. But then once uh, they started to legalize uh, cannabis and be able to sell it, then money started to come onto the screen. I mean the the scene, and I think. As that money gets more focused toward passing laws like the Safe Banking Act, now again, you've seen how shitty Congress is at passing laws and even a budget. And so, what's going to happen is probably going to be, which I alluded to in the uh, video for the Safe Banking Act, you're going to have another one of the financial cliffs or something that Congress is always heading towards this fiscal cliff. And what the what the F is a fiscal cliff? The fiscal cliff is just that the uh, budget year for the federal government ends on September 30th. Which also might explain one of the reasons why, uh, well, let's not talk about stock markets right now. But uh, on September 30th, uh, the budget year ends. And then if they don't have a budget in order and passed by that year, then they usually do what they call continuing resolutions to fund the government. And they always have that BS where they could uh, shut it down and, and Trump just shut it down this past Christmas. But before that got really frosty and he shut it down for, for what, 35 days or something. It was the longest yeah. federal shutdown ever. Uh, he did sign uh, a resolution that included uh, funding for the farm bill. And so that might be how the Safe Banking Act, that is floor action, uh, ends. And so they might debate it. They might uh, agree on the terminology and then they'll just stick it in to the budget and make uh, passing the budget result in passing the Safe Banking Act. And if they do that and next year it's legal to bank cannabis and yet cannabis is still Oh, gosh, I'm using cannabis as if it's a term of art. It's legal to bank marijuana, but marijuana is still a Schedule One substance. That's going to be spooky, but it's going to be a fuckload of money, man. Yeah, no, and I agree. And like you said, um, before it was an industry, it was a movement. And I think uh, that's probably 
the best way to put it from what happened at Washington State, as far as the scams that came around, um, we've had fundraisers held for uh, a woman who had said she had cancer, uh, you know, and everybody dumps all their money and sincerity to them. Uh, like I said, the one guy, this one guy who was traveling around, uh, ex, I don't, I, I, his his military service is questionable, but he would claim he's an ex-gunny sergeant who had a medical separation. Um, but this guy I know like skipped town in the middle of the night and took a bunch of people's shit. Um, you know, there's constantly shit like this. And if anything, that's the one thing about the 502 Washington State recreational structure has done is, and, and like with the Cannabis Safe Banking Act, it kind of filters out the scammers because now I have juice to come after you with. You know, now I have legal backing. And the more right. legitimate it is, the more I'm able to come after you. Hey, that's 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 a legitimate thing. I mean, come on, you're going to you're going to pay taxes. You're going to you're going to increase revenue for the government. You're going to create jobs that are also going to result in taxes. And everybody's going to be like, oh, what happened to our freedom? Well, you're not going to get scammed as much anymore. You're not going to you know, have no recourse against the guy who takes advantage of you and then leaves. But anyway, what else do we have to discuss, man? Um, I think we're good. I have to actually do my job um but we are gonna have to reschedule I next like, week i like when we do our job hey uh that sounds great uh when do you want to do this on next week uh when should we do this next week then because i'm going to be busy on i think that thursday wednesday i'm all right but uh should we do it at a different time i mean we don't have to do it like i could be at home i don't have to be at work you know yeah let's do an evening one if you want um i have this job interview at two o'clock and you know it should probably take about an hour and then i'll be done for today all right uh then what we'll do is I'll just send out like a, we'll, we'll put this out into the, the ethernet. Wait, is this still the 1990s when we had ethernets? Anyway, well, we'll just make sure that uh, we, we uh, update people appropriately. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, hopefully uh, you, you leave us a comment and a like and a subscribe. And if you really want to help us out, share this with somebody who needs it.